Pastor Xavier Reese and the one decision you don't want to make. If you receive the mark of the beast, if you're left behind, you will receive and you will accept God's wrath in full strength. There is no turning back. There is no removing it. There is no repenting from it. You ever do something stupid? Wish you could redo it, undo it? You can't. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Hebrews 10.31 says. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Eat, drink, and be merry. Though your friends may not use those exact words, their rejection of the Word of God will reap the same result, eternal separation from God. As he continues his Simple Truth study series in the book of 1 Thessalonians, Pastor Xavier delivers today's important message titled, The Unbeliever and the Day of Wrath. Let's listen. We want to focus on the tragic character of the day of the Lord that's given to us here in verse 3. But let me set the scenario so we can be sure that we understand what Paul is saying. The coming of the day of the Lord is a day of judgment of God's wrath. The unbeliever will be caught off guard as when a thief comes in the night, being unaware. But the believer will not be overtaken by the thief. He doesn't need to be concerned of that day. Why? Because he's not appointed to that day. Now let me read the verse. One short verse. He says this. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. The tragic character of the day of the Lord is characterized by three things. By deceit, by doom, And by damnation. Deceit, doom, and damnation. They're all found in this verse. Let's begin here. The day will be characterized by deceit. Listen to them. For when they say peace and safety. They. The unbeliever. The world. First of all here. The key individual. During this period of time. Will be the false Messiah. He will appear as a man of peace, the Antichrist. Daniel 9:27 says he will appear at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. He will appear as a man of peace, as we've noted in the past, coming with a white horse, a bow, no arrow. He conquers through diplomacy. Revelation 6:2. Just as Jesus had a forerunner, John the Baptist. The Antichrist will have a PR man. It's the false prophet. Okay? Now, in verse 11 of chapter 13 of Revelation, he is the second beast coming out of the earth with two horns. Notice the word like. A lamb, but speaks like a lion. He is identified as the first beast and imitates the appearance of a lamb. Falsehood. As the Antichrist imitates Christ. They're both false deceivers. As a lamb. Like a lamb. He's not the lamb. He presents himself as the lamb. As one who is docile. One who is, who is gentle. One who is harmless. Verse 13 says that he performs miracles causing fire to come down from heaven. The false prophet does. Not the Antichrist. Notice thirdly here. 
not only the Antichrist, not only the false prophet, but the channel will be the false church, with, which will be one with the Antichrist. And we get this in Revelation 17. She is identified as a harlot and the great mother of harlots in verse 1 and 2 and 4 and 5. A woman is always used as a type for religion in scripture. You remember the kingdom parables in Matthew 13:33, where the woman came and put leaven in, in the meal? False teaching. Other portions of scripture, the woman is always. Revelation 2.20, Jezebel the woman, religion, opposes God. She is one, verse 3 through 6, with the beast and the ten nation confederacy. So there is a triad here. Political, religious. She, the beast, and the ten nation confederacy are interpreted and identified clearly as being of one mind to make war with the Lamb. She will be destroyed, verse 15 through 18 says, by the Antichrist in the middle of the seven years, for she, he cannot stand competition, and also it is accomplishing and fulfilling God's will and purposes. So the Antichrist will use her. Until he gets there, then he devours her. But all that is taking place, do not ever miss this fact. They are only fulfilling what God has predicted. God has set the bounds. They are, God is not up there during that time. Saying, okay, well, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm out of control. He's in control. They're only fulfilling what he says they can do and not do. The day will be characterized by deceit. The people are being set up. Notice, secondly, that the day will be characterized by doom. He says, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. The judgments first come by a period or a series of seven seals in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. Verse 1 and 2, as you know, the first seal introduces the false Man of peace, the Antichrist. Verse 4, the second seal introduces the horse of war, the red horse. It has given him to take peace from the earth. He promises peace, but the first thing that goes is peace, war. The third seal in verse 5 and 6 introduces the black horse, which is famine. Famine always follows war. The fourth seal in verse 7 and 8 introduces the pale horse, death. One quarter of the population. That's a heck of a lot of people. The fifth seal in verse 9 and 11 introduces the saints slain for God's word. The sixth seal in verse 12 through 17 introduces the great earthquake, the sun, the moon, the stars. The heavens are affected by God's wrath. It's poured out and they cry out to the mountains. Oh, we repent. No, <laughs> they do not repent against the wrath of the Lamb. The seventh seal in verse 1 through 6 of chapter 8 introduces the seven trumpet judgment. There being silence in heaven for a half hour and a censer of fire is cast into the earth. The first trumpet destroys one third of the vegetation by hail and fire mingled with blood. The second trumpet results in one third of the sun turns into blood. A third of the sea life dies. A third of the ships are destroyed. The third trumpet in verse 10 and 11 affects the fresh water and the rivers and the springs. They will be poisoned as wormwood and many will die. The fourth trumpet 
in verse 12 and 13, causes a third of the sun and moon and stars to become darkened. The fifth trumpet in chapter 9, verse 1 through 12, introduces satanic and demonic activity as the key to the abyss is given to Satan. The shaft is loosened. These demons come out. Notice the sixth trumpet, verses 13 through 21, releases four angels down in the Euphrates River. An army of 200 million demons will come upon the scene. There will be one-third of man killed under the sixth seal. One billion have already died. Therefore, half of the earth's population is dead. Man did not repent of his sins. Look at verse 20 and 21. They do not repent of their sins. Again, we think that they would. They do not. Verse 21, they did not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, of their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Sorceries is pharmakia, pharmaceutical. It has to do with drugs. Verses 15 through 19 of chapter 11, the seventh trumpet brings us to the end of the seven-year tribulation and great tribulation, ushering in the kingdom. In verse 18 of chapter 11, God's wrath, it marks the time. Now, the seven trumpet judgments are followed by a seven bowl judgments that are given to us in the 16th chapter of the book of Revelation. Verse 1 of chapter 15 declares that these last seven complete God's wrath upon the earth. So this is the final pouring out, the bowl judgment. In fact, chapter 16 verse 1 says, Then I heard a voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. What is it called? The wrath of God on the earth. What did he say, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9? We are not appointed to wrath, but to salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? I don't know how, how much clearer God can make it. Notice verse 2 of chapter 16 of Revelation. The first bowl begins by being a judgment of foul and loathsome sores that come upon all who took the mark of the beast. I don't know if you've ever had a boil, but they hurt. But imagine your body full of sores. It's a judgment from God. The second bowl in verse 3 turns the sea into blood and all dies. The third bowl in verse 4 results in the remainder of the rivers and springs and the waters to become blood. Notice their judgment is their just due. Look at verse 6. Because many people time charge God would be unjust. It says, For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. Listen, for it is their just due. I can't believe in a God who would do that. I got, oh, listen, God is not worried about your opinion. Men will receive what they've worked for. The wages of sin is death. But he has made provisions to escape that. The payment has been made through the person of Jesus Christ. The wedding is set. The invitations have gone out. And choices are being made. The fifth bowl in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 16 brings darkness over the throne of the beast and his kingdom. They blaspheme God for their pain, but do not repent. Mark that very, very well. 
They blasphemed God of heaven because of their pain and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. The sixth bowl in verse 12 through 16 causes the Euphrates River uh, for the kings of the east to dry up. And the nations are under demon activity and they gather to the battle of Armageddon. Jesus said, I am coming as a thief. Verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Who is this warning to? To those who are in the tribulation and have accepted Jesus Christ. But they not receive the mark of the beast. We have been out of here. Those who have not taken the mark are to watch. Even as we are to watch. And be ready. Notice the seventh bowl in verse 17 through 21 brings a great earthquake like no other, which divides Babylon into three parts, removes every island and mountain, and hailstones of a hundred pounds will fall. Can you imagine that? I've been in some hailstorms, not a hundred pounds. Hard to believe, isn't it? Is God a liar? I don't think so. Does he stretch the truth? Does he try to intimidate us? No. But the result is that men still blaspheme. We have our own plagues today. Our sexual transmitted diseases that, and people's lifestyle, they don't repent from it. Rather than repenting, they pass out condoms. We're kind of smart, aren't we? The estimated annual incident of new gonorrhea and syphilis infection in the U.S. along average out to a new infection every 10 seconds. More than anything, what has left researchers stupefied is the astronomical growth of the new types of diseases previously unknown to society, such as genital herpes, chlamydia, and AIDS. Sexually transmitted diseases are in an epidemic state today. Not a disease, epidemic. Though people want to talk it down. Gonorrhea is so prevalent that 50% of the report cases are among those under 25 years of age. In fact, between 10 to 25% of American students will contact gonorrhea or another sexually transmitted disease before they graduate high school. 10 to 25% before they graduate high school. More than 1 million cases. New cases of gonorrhea are reported each year and expect an estimated the true number is much, much higher. How about the Ebola virus in Africa that's just horrible, it just makes your body explode? How about the flesh-eating disease that's been introduced to our nation? All this is nothing compared to the day of the Lord. And we live in a scary society today, people. We've just gotten used to it. The day will come sudden, but the day will be characterized by doom. Doom. Notice third and last year. It's real quick. The day will be characterized by damnation. This is the bottom line. Damnation. They shall not escape. First of all, those who have accepted the mark of the beast shall drink of God's wrath. Listen. In full strength. Revelation 14, 9 through 13 tells you that. If you receive the mark of the beast, if you're left behind, you will receive and you will accept God's wrath in full strength. There is no turning back. There is no removing it. There is no repenting from it. You ever do something stupid? Wish you could redo it, undo it? You can't. 
It is a posture of rebellion against God. It is purposeful with the intent to stop God from setting up his kingdom. Can you imagine how stupid we are? The man, knowing that God's coming, he's looking for him, he's going to stop him. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, Hebrews 10.31 says. Thirdly, the false prophet and the bees will be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 19.20 tells us that. The lake of fire was made for no one but Satan and his angels. You know that, Matthew 25.41, right? And in spite of that, millions and billions of people will end up there by their own doing. The lake of fire or Gehenna is the place of eternal torment, day and night. Make sure you understand that. It's forever and ever, day and night, literal. The lake of fire does not offer a second chance to anyone. Chances to make reservation for heaven are on this side of death, not after death. Fourthly, the devil is bound for a thousand years and then loose at the end. For the last rebellion and then cast into the lake of fire also. Revelation 21 through 3 and 7 through 10. You, you get in this common denominator? Everybody ends up in the lake of fire. He is the one who deceived the nations. That's why he's bound for a thousand years. He is under God's control. He was created. If you're going to equate Satan to somebody, equate him to Gabriel or Michael. Cherubs, archangels, not to God. He was created by God. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-present. He is set on his threats of the past where he would exalt himself against the throne of God. In Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, and God says, you will be brought down to hell. He's cast into the lake of fire also. He is not running hell. Listen, let me let you in a big secret. You know who's running hell in the lake of fire? Jesus. And the holy angels. Not Satan. He is suffering there. As all others. Fifth. The unbeliever will be judged at the end of the thousand year reign. The white throne judgment and then cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 verse 11 through 15. This is the second death. Eternal damnation, separation from God for all eternity. It's very clear in Revelation 20, 14, for all eternity. The torment is said to be in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb of God forever. Revelation 14, 10 through 11, 20, verse 10. That's heavy. Because we somehow think that Satan is out there beating, he's, you know, he's running hell. He's the boss. No, he isn't. He's not. There is a very clear understanding and teaching in the scriptures that those who pass from this life to the next have a conscience, have awareness, have memory. Jesus spoke about the rich man who died and Lazarus. In Luke 16, they both died. They were ushered, one to the bosom of Abraham, the comfort, the other one in torment. The rich man, seeing Lazarus afar off in comfort, said, Father Abraham, let Lazarus dip his finger in tongue and cool water to cool my tongue, for I'm burning in these anguish and flames. He said, Son, in your lifetime you had everything. Lazarus had nothing. Now he's being comforted. You're being tormented. It's not because he was wealthy, but because he rejected the word of God. 
You rejected God. He says, well, I have five brothers. And unless they come to this place, send him back to warn them. He says, son, they have Moses. They have the scriptures. If they don't believe them, they won't believe someone even if they come back from the dead. Listen, Jesus came back from the dead. People do not believe. I want you to grab a hold of this. He remembered his opportunities. He remembered those who yet had to die. He didn't want them to go there. And he had to live with the fact that he could not be helped. All eternity. All eternity. Remember back on all your guilt, your shame, your regret before you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And think, where would you be and how would you be living and what state of mind would you be in if you were still living under that type of guilt and shame and then knowing that you couldn't turn from it, you could never get relief. I want you to magnify that a thousand times. Now, many people in suicide think that they'll escape this, so they take their lives. But you're jumping from the frying pan into the fire. Death is not the end of things. Death is only the beginning of eternity for many. I'm not offering you eternal life this morning. I'm offering you to choose where you're going to spend eternal life. You have eternal life. You're going to spend it apart. From Jesus Christ for all eternity or with him. All you can do is choose. The church of Sardis, the dead church. Jesus said, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I come upon you. Revelation 3, 2. The reliability of the Bible tells us that there will be different levels of punishment in eternity. To the servant who knew his master's will and didn't do it, to him was given more stripes. To the man who didn't know his master's will and did worse, to him will be given less. Why? Because the measure of judgment is always the measure of light you receive. Luke 12, 48. Resoundly, there will be no such thing as annihilation. The teaching that once you die, you cease to exist. You will live forever and ever. It's appointed unto every man to die once in the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. Peter says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away the great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works of all will be burned up. Second Peter 3.10. It's a fact. The day will be characterized by damnation. As I said, the wedding has gone out. It's set up. The invitations have been sent. How are you going to respond? Are you going to try to get into the wedding with your own garment? You'll be picked out like that man. Where's your garment? Take that man and remove him. The only garment that God accepts for this wedding is the garment of Jesus Christ, His righteousness. No other. And so, the tragic character of the day of the Lord will be marked by deceit, doom, and damnation. Are you a Christian? It will not touch you. It will not concern you. Are you a non-believer? Then you need to think about it because you're on your way there. You've got no choice. The only way out is Jesus Christ. But your salvation is based on the fact that He came the first time. That He died for your sins. That you fall short of God's glory. 
and then you need to turn from those sins through the sacrifice. That's the only way into the kingdom. No other way. We pray you make the right choice. Pastor Xavier Reese, urging the right decision for the only freedom from the wrath to come. Now, you can request your own copy of today's message, The Unbeliever and the Day of Wrath. We can send you a copy on CD for only $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier taught the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Unbeliever and the Day of Wrath, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This way we can check on the impact of this ministry in your area. What's the one decision you never want to make? Don't miss the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese to find out. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 